0: Hi, hello. Hello. We have an interview today. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, actually going to be the first interview on this podcast. Mm. I've done, I don't know, dozens and dozens of interviews on my last podcast, including a guy who uh, committed suicide by police. Interesting. Yeah. So hopefully this goes better than that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, we have a guest today. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, I'm Britton. I'm Patrick. The podcast is Soy Trek, and we are joined today by Carlos Cisco. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself real briefly there?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, my name is Carlos Sisko. Uh, I'm a WGA writer, uh, uh, most recently on uh, Star Trek Discovery Seasons 4 and 5, uh, and I'm a strike captain and the afternoon lot coordinator uh, at the Disney lot.
0: L- yeah, yeah, and so uh, we—if you haven't figured it out yet today—are going to talk mostly about the strike. <laughs> um, if you haven't heard, uh, as of this recording today, um, SAG uh, decided to go. The Screen Actors Guild decided to go on strike in solidarity and with their own kind of aims um, with uh, the the Writers Guild. So it's it's great to see, and uh, there's a lot of people thinking this might hurry the process along, but. I've also read some uh, studio execs saying uh, no. So, but they always say no, you know? So, um, anyway, let's, uh, let's just jump right on in. So before we get uh, started talking about The Strike, uh, let me ask you, why Star Trek? What attracted you to Star Trek? Why are you here? Did you f- stumble into it? Did you always want to be a Star Trek writer? How'd you get there?
1: Uh, well, so I'm, I've always been like a big genre guy. Like okay. I've always loved uh, science fiction, fantasy, horror is like kind of my main bread and butter. Nice. Um, but I didn't have TV in the 90s because my dad took down the uh, antenna, which you know, dates me a little bit, and,
2: uh,
1: <laughs> um, and never put it up when we re-roofed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I just didn't really watch TV. I read a lot of books. I played mm. tons of video games. Uh, and my mom, uh, my parents are divorced, but my mom would send me recorded tapes of um, Sunday night primetime on Fox. So I would watch mm, Simpsons, nice. King of the Hill, X-Files, Futurama, and then, you know, syndicated episodes of The Simpsons. So I pretty much have seasons two through nine memorized.
0: So does
2: he. I, I think like a lot of people <laughs> yeah. in our generation.
1: But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: but I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up with Star Trek. I, I, I saw episodes here and there. I, it's It's been really funny when I when I finally watched DS9 there were scenes that I was like, why do I like recognize this scene word for word? And it's because I saw commercials for those scenes. Right. Like when Pat was in syndication. Um, but uh, on those recorded tapes over and over and over again. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I had seen the uh, uh, reading rainbow uh, mm, with yeah. uh, LaVar visiting the set. Mm-hmm. Um, I had seen uh, star Trek four. Um, oh, the
0: best one. The
1: best one. The best one. Uh, and I had seen the JJ movies and that, and you know, a handful of, uh, next gen, here and there, mm-hmm. um, but that was kind of the extent of it, and it wasn't something that was like ever like I didn't want to watch Star Trek. It was always something I was I was interested in, but mm-hmm. because of sort of the 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 point in time where I could have approached it, it would have meant buying everything on VHS or buying everything on DVD, and like when you have that many episodes, poor college student, you know, it just it just wasn't really feasible for right. me, and so um and then once streaming rolled around i was like oh i should start this and i looked at i was like oh there's fucking 700 plus episodes of this shit no way no yeah. way i can barely make it for buffy yeah. um, that's, you know, so like that's just one series and so you know i i didn't it, it, this is to the question to, to more directly answer the question completely stumbled into because mm. i was actually considering leaving the industry uh after a really, really long fallow period in my career, uh, I was um, going to pivot into sort of a uh, game design, narrative design, which incidentally sort of happened by accident too.
2: Yeah, you, uh, I you do that as well, correct? As well.
1: Right. Um, uh, but uh, the um, the week that I got a rejection letter from Wizards of the Coast, who makes Dungeons and Dragons, and I interviewed with them, I got an email from Michelle Paradise uh, offering me the job. But that was after she had emailed me completely out of the blue and was like, hey, do you want to?" apply to be a writer's assistant and i was like who are you
2: <laughs>
1: and so i you know went and started watching uh star trek discovery and then mm-hmm. you know um uh really enjoyed uh that that first season you know i think despite uh the the behind the scenes turmoil and stuff that you can really kind of like it, it it was very public so it's not a, any surprise to people but i mm-hmm. I, I really man i really love those for that first season i think it just like it it it, it takes some really big swings mm-hmm. uh not everyone uh hits, I think, right on the number, but I don't know. I think it brought some really fun things into the franchise.
0: Yeah, I was a um, huge fan of the first season, for sure. Um, yeah.
1: And and so I got the job. Uh, I quit my awful, awful day job uh, without giving them any notice because they were awful beautiful. and they don't deserve it. That rocks. And really, frankly, <laughs> no corporation deserves notice because no. they would not give you notice Hell or yeah. they would replace you if you died the next day. Yep. All the reasons we strike. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so we we were starting uh it was season three uh mm-hmm. when i came in as a writer's assistant and um you know uh, uh just a brief reminder because it's been ten thousand years since season three mm-hmm. um we we had a lot to do with the orions and the andorians yep. and so um you know i came in just like doe-eyed not knowing what i didn't know about star trek i i, I mean i called i called the <laughs> the federation of the empire on day one in the <laughs> So I was really lucky to get a day two. No,
2: <laughs>
1: very, very kind man. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> so I, um, I, I, I'm also an obsessive like researcher. So mm. I, uh, I sat there with memory alpha yes. open the entire time as I'm taking notes. So anytime someone had a canon question, I appeared intelligent.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I was like, I should, I should probably start watching this show, and like really understand this franchise because I mean, like I'm. I'm I'm not a fool Mm -hmm. and I'm an extremely online person. So I understand that this is the franchise that birthed fandom as we understand it to be in in sort of the modern context. And so I didn't want to get caught with my pants down. If I was ever at a convention, someone asked me a question, you know, like I I want to know what I'm doing. Uh, And I, I mean, truthfully, I don't know what I've lost to make room for all the Star Trek knowledge, because between season three and season five, I went from knowing nothing to being the one that uh, a lot of the upper level writers would like email late at night or early in the morning, be like, hey, give me this canon thing. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> upper, 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 upper
2: alpha, <laughs> then we'll figure it out. Um,
1: but um, uh, yeah, so I, um, uh, I was told by one of the, uh, um, uh, the staff writers, um, Brandon Schultz, um, who had been the writer's assistant in season two and got promoted in season three, He's like, well, maybe you should watch Enterprise because it was kind of the gap in the room. Like, people mm-hmm. had seen it when it aired, but I don't think anybody had rewatched it since, mm-hmm. if they had seen it. Right. Um, and um, so I was like, okay, I'll check out Enterprise. I had been like, I'd been kind of, uh, you know, getting through like seasons one and two of Next Gen at the time. So I took a break and I, I pivoted to uh, to Enterprise. And I think you know, uh, I I have I, I have a fondness for it. Uh, mm-hmm. and and I, I feel especially as a a show that uh, a fellow show that was cancelled before it really, I think, had a chance to properly uh, end its arc. I feel mm-hmm. a lot of solidarity with them and in in, uh, in how things uh, turned out. But I also think that like they have ten of them, I mean, uh, and I would say ten episodes that are among like my favorite in all of Star Trek. All of them have Shran in them. Yes, because Shran is one of my favorite characters <laughs> yeah. in all of Star Trek. I, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Combs, Combs in general. Yes, the, I mean, best. I, I, the goat. I did not know how deep he ran in Star Trek when I got in. here. You know, being a horror guy, like I, you know, I was all over Reanimator and From Beyond. And, oh, you know,
2: yeah. that, Castle you know. Freak, yeah, stuff Castle. like that. Yeah, oh, God, <laughs> I love Castle
1: Freak. I actually just watched that for the first time recently. That oh, uh, it is something else. <laughs> yeah, you know, the body
0: horror in that is difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. um but yeah so i uh um you know i worked my way up uh, uh the ladder over the course of uh um seasons three four and five they promoted me in season four um to staff writer and promoted me again to story editor in uh, season five and then you know we nice. uh we got canceled and that's uh, that's the end of that chapter and then started on all of this
0: fair fair great answer thank you um do you have a favorite trek
1: oh, ds9 I mean, it, like, Beautiful. yeah, I, I would say that DS Nine is like after watching it, it's among my favorite shows. Period. Like, it's I think one of the best shows ever written. I think it's so prescient. Like, mm-hmm. there are, there are episodes that I'll go back and rewatch and be like, this is chilling. How did, <laughs> how did they know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, feel like there's the belt certain, riots. yeah, there's <laughs> certain on. episodes that become more relevant with time yeah. and they were trying to analog something back then, but it's even more relevant now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it
1: was pretty funny on, um, uh, what well, we did, a, a Star Trek strike day, which was, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I'll, I'll, will say it's like easily one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Like me, uh, another captain, Bill Wolkoff, and then, um. Uh, a writer from Card, Kylie, um, and uh, one of the assistants on uh, Starfleet Academy, uh, Avi. We all um, sort of pooled our resources and, and everything and, and pulled together people from literally every era of Trek, like down from yeah. original series, animated series, all the way up to um, all of the new shows, mm-hmm. comic books, games, oh. everything. It was like, it was an incredible showing out there. But uh, I ended up talking with Armin for a bit. Oh, yeah. And I was telling him that Quark is, is I mean, was. Wrong, really, but yeah. Quark yeah. is is is. I, I I mean, honestly, I think Quark is probably my favorite character that I, I I truly like. Out of all the species in Star Trek, I identify with the Ferengi the most. And he was like, "Oh, you're gonna." you're going to have to unpack that for me. (laughs) I was like, well, you know, like everyone else lives in this fucking awesome socialist utopia uh, where they have all their needs provided for us. And these, these little goblins are out here Mm -hmm. still toiling under like gross capitalism and toxic, uh, you know, misogyny. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And, and and that's more reflective of the world we live in (laughs) and what we're dealing with every day.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so, you know, yeah, I, I, I see quark and I see, you know, we're, we're still in that. We are, we are Ferenginar essentially, yes, we you know, when, certainly are. when he goes back in a uh, little green men and uh, has a look at us, it is, you know, his snort of derision talking about how we're still using nukes and I mean, like throwing garbage away
3: uh, the way <laughs> we do,
1: you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's all, I love Quark.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quark and Armin Shimerman. He's a guy with like solid politics. You know, I,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he was a, he was on the negotiating committee for SAG. Oh, for, no kidding. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah um, so uh, you're a strike captain uh, how'd you get into that position and like tell us about your history with the union how you got involved in the first place what inspired you to do it
1: yeah so pre-WGA my history with unions was probably limited to last exit to Springfield
2: <laughs>
1: season 4 episode 17 everybody should watch it if you haven't seen it yeah uh, <laughs> Where's my burrito has been my strike slogan um but uh there, you know uh, when i was in high school our teachers struck mm-hmm. in hawaii um and that was you know at the time it was a really just sort of a it's like a vacation for us because we weren't we didn't have to go to school or anything but like i think you know i think back on that a lot and and see that that was probably a lot more formative than i uh, i gave it credit for initially because mm-hmm. you know definitely uh walked the line uh brought water to them and stuff like that and you know my mom's an educator so I've always been on the side of teachers above Mm -hmm. uh school administration generally awful um but uh but yeah so that's probably like pre-wga the history of it um I uh I was an associate member for a number of years, and I participated in a lot of the diversity committees mm-hmm. uh, and, and stuff like that before I, I actually joined. But um, I sort of got Huck Finn into being a captain. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Sean Cochran, who is—I uh, mean, he is—he has the distinction of being the only writer on Star Trek Discovery that made it from season one to season five Wow! like he was Mm -hmm. because he was a he was an assistant Mm -hmm. uh but he got staffed like part way through the process because their season one was so long but he was there from day one like of the room and uh, he made it all the way to the end but he um he had a kid in season four and he had to go on paternity leave and so rather than uh hire from without which is uh very common um uh and total credit to Michelle uh she did this two years in a row that I was there um, she promoted from within, she promoted me. We moved up the um, production assistant into my position and uh, the next season he was also staffed. So, and nice. he's been out on the line with me pretty much every day. You've seen pictures that I've posted on my Twitter. Eric Robbins is, uh, he was our staff writer season five and he's really like, he's stepped up. Uh, oh, you yeah. know, not, not, not being in that position, uh, 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 having, having been asked of it, uh, it beforehand, but Sean um, was like, hey, you know, I'm having a second kid. Do you want to do this for me it's not a big deal you just have to send some emails out every now and then no. and, you know, and neither of us considered that it was a strike year and then i start getting emails from our guild coordinator i'm like wait what like why am, <laughs> you're asking me to do things and like go to zoom meetings <laughs> wait, wait there's responsibility what and and then it sort of sort of snowballed from there. Uh, you know, she asked me if I wanted to be a, uh, a lot coordinator. I was like, ah, maybe an assistant lot coordinator. I don't know. I don't know if that's really for me. And then on day one, we we're out there, and I was sort of assisting the main lot coordinator. She's like, I'm going to need you to be our afternoon lot coordinator. You're really good at this. And I was like, oh, I guess I gay kid teachers petted try my way into a promotion I didn't ask for.
0: <laughs> Voluntold. But <laughs>
1: um, you know, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, uh we've uh those first few weeks were a really big adjustment um mm-hmm. it was existentially stressful it was uh, uh physically exhausting um, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a sedentary indoor kid mm-hmm. uh, so being out there and having to talk to people constantly um really really drained me uh, and uh it was it was it was tough those first uh, first few weeks Um we were a little understaffed, and it was sort of shaky with, you know, some of the captains were really cut out for this. Some of them were not. They were mm-hmm. much better at the sort of, like, logistical interfacing over email and stuff. But, you know, as far as keeping them on the lines and stuff, and that's fine. You know, like, nobody knew what they were getting into. We're all sort of discovering our strengths and, and weaknesses as we go. Um, but uh, a, a lot of people, you know, there. I, I still have people with me. You know three to four days a week that have been there since day one over 70 days now holy shit um i have people that have joined halfway through and are there pretty much every day like it's it's like i have a really really amazing team and i i, I really couldn't uh, do the whole thing without them um but yeah i mean this this is i i mean completely stumbled into uh um and uh you know, uh, there are days when I'm like, well, I, I really wish I just didn't have to do this, but <laughs> I, I feel like that's all of us out here every day striking. Right. Mm-hmm. And when, I mean- it, and especially now that it's getting into the 90s. Nobody wants to be out here, but <laughs> the AMPTP refuses to negotiate with us in good faith. So, you know, we don't really have any other choice. Uh, all they care about is money. Yeah. And, and we would like to not be homeless. We would like yeah. to... Have this be a career as Mm -hmm. opposed to uh uh, you know turn this into a a barren you know gig economy just like stripped by tech companies Mm. uh just like they do with pretty much every industry that they go in and disrupt when they try to reinvent a bus Mm -hmm. (laughs) um these are not smart people uh and yeah so i mean i think it's uh, it, it's definitely been uh, a journey for me. Uh, I'm I'm glad I'm doing it. Um, it's for personally, I'm I'm going to be able to look back on this twenty years from now, assuming we haven't all boiled alive, because <laughs> so, fascists haven't thrown us into work camps.
0: It is pretty pretty work large camps. assumptions there. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. you know, uh, I I would like this to be a sustainable career. I'd like it to be a career that I can i can tell people in good faith that they should pursue
2: mm-hmm. because like
1: right now if i talk to a student uh, about wanting to do this i would say do literally anything else with <laughs> your life until this shit's sorted because this is it's not i I've, i maybe it's the sub-cost fallacy but i feel like i've already invested too much i'm, I'm you know i'm <laughs> too far in. i can't back out now no but uh um you know, it's. I think it's like if people are looking at entering into this, I'm like, man, look at video games. Look at. I mean, not that that's much better right now. They need unions too. But mm-hmm. I mean, just look at. It's 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 just like it's bad. It's really it's it's completely unsustainable um, with the way that um, the you know the studios, the tech companies, and 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 uh, all of it has just sort of raced to the bottom with streaming in terms of
2: mm-hmm.
1: how we get paid, uh, how rooms are structured. Um,
0: So you mentioned it's uh, unsustainable. Um, How so and what exactly are the writers seeking to gain from this strike or maybe not lose would be a better?
1: Yeah, well, we're still operating under a 1985 contract in 2023, like come on, like, you know, like it's um, uh, the, there's a lot, there's Mm -hmm. a lot at play. I mean, a couple of the big ones, right? Um, uh, AI Mm
2: -hmm. wasn't
1: a huge issue before. But when we went into negotiations, they were intractable on it.
2: Hmm.
1: So they wouldn't even, all they offered us was having a um, a meeting uh, once a year, to talk about it. And you know, I don't know if, if you guys saw the, um, what they were saying with SAG, but basically paying hmm. them for a day rate, background actors for a day yep. rate, scan their likeness and they own them forever. I mean, hmm. like, can you imagine like the next, you know, Ben Affleck or something like that gets scanned as a kid and then 20 years later he hits big they can do whatever they want with his image they own it in perpetuity it doesn't yeah. matter what it looks like now you know it's like really really egregious and not only that it would completely and I mean I know this is the stated goal but it would completely bottom out that union like mm-hmm. background actors are the bread and butter of SAG um, and I know you asked me about the WGA but I, I just feel like we just uh, oh, this no. is all 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 new stuff but in terms of us uh, AI meaningful AI protections um, I think you know chat GPT has certainly um, put a chill on a lot of things mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think it's I think it's largely like a like a bit of a boondoggle like it's 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 not a thing that is ready to mm-hmm. do what we do yet but I think we need to put those protections in place so that when when it becomes more meaningfully integrated into um our day-to-day life mm. our uh uh our craft because like certainly like we're gonna find ways to use technology we found ways like you know we used to write on typewriters mm. then we wrote in word
2: mm-hmm. then we
1: wrote in final draft not final draft fade, in. fade, <laughs> fade in fade in much better um but you know like like we as writers will adjust you know, to the technology of the day, but we just want to make sure that there are protections in place so that we cannot immediately be replaced and paid dirt to rewrite these dog shit AI scripts.
0: <laughs> and it's so weird to me that all these companies that care the most about IP, protecting their IP, just completely disregard everybody else's intellectual property and personal property. Like their bodies. They
1: They don't actually care. They just yeah. care about You know, quarterly share earnings.
2: Yes, yes. Which uh,
1: that's like they don't care about IP, which is so like David Zaslav just shelving Batgirl for tax purposes. They don't mm, care about the IP. They don't care about the the crap. They don't care about the work that anybody's (sighs) put into this stuff.
0: Or Star Trek Prodigy, of course. mm -hmm. Which Uh, another one,
1: another one. It's it's so bad. It is (laughs) very bad. bad (laughs) Um, But you know, uh, in other other things that we're looking for, we're looking for an increase in minimums across the board. We get paid less for streaming than we do for theatrical Mm. why it's the same work why is it paid differently you know um we uh we're looking for span protection which is something i think of a a headier concept um but it's basically when you get to a certain level you stop being paid by the week and you are paid uh, a lump sum that's amortized over the course of your contract Mm -hmm. but depending on how it's spaced out your contract may be stretched out into like if you're a showrunner into post Hmm. um i have a friend who ran a show for netflix he is homeless now holy shit fucking homeless like it it, it, it's this this that's why we we're striking you know this model is completely broken because his he got paid the equivalent of a story editor which is my level to do an 80 hour plus week job and then that that Money is still spread out further than mine is because I get paid a set rate per week. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, there's that and more. You can go to um, wgacontract2023.org, I believe, or if you just search uh, WGA Contract 2023, it will outline that very eloquently on there, and it's it's a good thing to bone up on.
0: Um, and uh, we'll throw that in the show notes.
1: Cool. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, let's go for kind of the opposite question. What are The studios, the writers are striking against, and I guess the actors now seeking to gain or withhold from the strike. Um,
1: fair pay for labor. No. (laughs) Like, I mean, you know, they're withholding money. That's Mm -hmm. like the bottom line. They're with. I mean, they're withholding healthcare. They're withholding pension. They're withholding um, next month's rent. Yeah. Um, it's it's just. It's the same as any other labor movement in the United States. It's the bosses raking in cash, hand over fist, off the backs of the people who make that money. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we make literally the only product they sell, yeah. and um, we're we're not
3: really uh, uh,
1: cut into that anymore like we used to. Mm-hmm.
3: Wild. Um, yeah, do you feel like uh, like the GB, chat GBT threats? Like, do you think that's just like an empty threat? Do you think it could actually like be some sort of, like, because, like, I feel like, like, ChatGPT can't actually replace, like, actual people. No, I don't, people. you know,
1: I, like I said, I don't think it's a real threat. I think that there, it's going to be a thing that um, will evolve, and I imagine that writers are going to start finding ways to make it useful for them mm-hmm. in terms of cataloging their ideas or sort of, like, Seeing where there are common threads in their own, you know, like there, there are ways to make this stuff useful to a an artist and a writer mm-hmm. for their own work, as opposed mm-hmm. to stuffing it full of everyone else's uh, uh, copyrighted material and mm-hmm. plagiarizing it.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, I think that's what it does is like it just accumulates all this yeah, material exists. Yeah, it's just plagiarizing it
1: as yeah. it is right now, yeah. um, so, which is again why I think like we need meaningful protections on it now while it's still in its infancy mm-hmm. before... A bunch of these idiot tech bros look at this thing think it is oh wow we don't have to pay writers ever again here's (laughs) this thing and then you know we're just you know something at the teat of
3: ai slop for the rest yeah (laughs) (laughs) i do do see that argument online like people like celebrating it as like some as as a a replacement to writers and i just feel that's a very hollow just very sad way to look at art and just like the way you consume media
1: i mean the like I mean, those types of people, like the kind of people who just like, they, they, they all just stink of someone who wishes they could do it, Mm -hmm. but never took the time, you know, and that's like the truth of it is, is like, you know, people can crow about nepo babies or, uh, uh, you know, the cost of entry to this this business or Mm -hmm. anything. And all of these things are are true and, and, and make things difficult or easier for certain people. But I think like this is this is a hard business and one of the closest things. And I say this as a queer person and a person of color knowing that the scale is deeply weighted in in the favor of others mm-hmm. um that this this business is one of the closest things to a meritocracy that mm-hmm. our uh, our country has mm-hmm. you know talent does rise to the top now everything that we see on screen and you know if you've seen I, myself included quality dip in mm-hmm. the last few years Maybe start looking at how many of these uh, unpaid executive producers there are on a staff or on uh, a movie mm-hmm. or, you know, how many uh, uh, how many years it's spent in development getting churned through 16 different writers and all of their different perspectives into this weird Frankenstein mm-hmm. thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's like The Flash is looking to be the biggest bomb of uh, in Warner Brothers history. Thank God. Um, you know, and, and listen, here, I don't celebrate any um, – any movie failing uh I, I think is a point of policy in mm-hmm. uh, in the industry i'm certainly um not mad at us starting to move away from a glut of uh, superhero material and i mean frankly and coming from someone who's been in franchise you know storytelling franchise ip mm-hmm. like i think that like across the board um there is too much at once and it dilutes the quality of all of it
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and uh yeah i mean i think Iger agree with that uh uh today i think he had some uh uh, uh something to say about that in terms of uh, marvel and star wars having a, a bit too much out there and mm-hmm. i mean listen i think like it's great that uh people have been employed i love it and i think you know and certainly i've loved a lot of those shows and movies mm-hmm. but i'm also ready for more original stuff to be made or you know those things to feel a little more special again. Yeah, or
0: Uh. I think a big problem is like a lot of the time with superhero movies, there's really no nuance and they're not saying anything that we haven't heard before. You know, the last mm-hmm. superhero movie I remember that I was like, oh, shit, that's like... This is actually political in a way I can get with was, like, um, one of the Captain America movies. Like, pretty much all those kind They're of Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, Winter Soldier has, like, a lot of actual nuance to it, and I'm like, hey, wait a second. Like, <laughs> someone like me might have written this, and that's always a good feeling, you know? Um, yeah, so, um... Let's move on here. Uh, how has solidarity been with other unions? I've seen... Unprecedented. Uh, yeah.
1: Like, right. we've never... Uh, look, we had uh, 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 the Animation Guild out with us at the Disney lot the other day, and there was, like, 300, 400 of them out with us. Like, they, like people have been showing up in, in force. Um, mm-hmm. We've had costumers out there. We've had uh, the plasterers. We've had carpenters. I mean, the mm-hmm. Teamsters are uh, absolutely, like, they're the rock stars of this, oh, this whole strike. Yeah. They're, I mean, standing with us all the way.
0: Big ups to um, uh, President Sean O'Brien. He's made this, like, one of his big priorities. Um, yeah. He's yeah, good, it's... Good
1: it's been amazing. It's and I mean, not only with other unions, but just the public in mm. general. You know, we certainly uh, get our our share of um, online um, uh, uh, anonymous dick cheeses, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, it's all just noise. Like the amount of support and donations and like food and water that's coming in every day, like from the public, is incredible because they all know. A, like we deserve fair pay for our work, but B, it's again the same fight that all industries across the uh, the world are facing. Frankly, and I think like we are a bit of a canary in a coal mine uh, when it comes to the the modern labor labor movement in uh, in America. If we if we fold, which we will not. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to ripple through labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to send a chilling effect uh, through the rest of the movements. And I mean, you know, we have UPS striker, uh, UPS uh, workers uh, setting to go on strike. We have, we've had teachers on strike. You know, it, there's there is a lot more riding on this than I think a lot of people um, understand. Mm-hmm. But I think they're starting to.
0: Yeah, because I mean, this is the first real like large societal pushback against these emerging technologies that have kind of been around for a while. Um, but never really addressed, you know? Because, you know, um, AI has been a thing for a while. It hasn't been nearly as advanced uh, up until, like, ChatGPT 3 and 4, but um, it's, it's probably long, long overdue. And, you know, uh, this is what unions are for, is to regulate in a way that the government refuses to much of the time. So, um, what has... Uh, oh, sorry. Have you encountered any scabs? Um
1: no. I mean, well, listen, there's again, mm. there's this there's this contingent of, of um people online that that seem to think that this is their chance. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, like, oh look at look at me. <laughs> Bob's not gonna fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe David.
2: <laughs>
1: but, uh, uh, but, no, uh, and, and and to be clear, you know, scab, the, the term scab refers specifically to people who are crossing a picket line to take work from the people who are striking, Right. and this is something I learned, the people that we typically um, deal with online
2: mm-hmm.
1: are uh, actu- more accurately termed knobsticks. knobsticks. which is the, the old tiny term for sh- strike breakers. Okay. Uh, and people who participate in strike breaking activities, but you know they're not scabbing, they're just being dicks.
0: Yeah, there was like a was guy uh, you know
1: I don't know if we all saw newsies. it was those you know yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. like the handleless Billy clubs that they uh, they would beat them with. and so yeah, so and, you know, I feel yeah. like knobstick's a pretty good insult too. yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's a great insult. I'm putting that in the book. <laughs> um, uh, how uh, how has it been dealing with uh, knobsticks on social media? I know you're pretty active on Twitter.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like I've um, the uh, the righteous piss and vinegar that I was filled with. I mean, it's still there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I just um, I the the all of the other concerns that I have uh, uh, sort of outweigh the noise that uh, I may hear online. Mm-hmm. Plus, um, I mean, frankly, I just I, I I remembered the lesson from that day, which is just literally just don't post about Star Trek Discovery on Twitter. <laughs> it's going to bring out the Nazis because
0: it always that, does. They're there. Yeah, yeah,
1: it always does, and so. <laughs> You know i'm still uh posting things on there i just uh tend to keep a little quieter on the show that i worked on <laughs> uh um not not for any sort of um you know shame or anything i'm very proud of the show but i just it's it is uh it's energy that i don't need to deal with though uh you know happy happy to uh uh, uh bury some people i did uh i did actually reach out to one guy mm-hmm. like on that that first day there's one guy that i like looked at his page and i was like your politics seem very similar why are you being an asshole like you're pro-union like all like what is going on so i mean like i ended up you know after a back and forth of him i ended up dming him, and i was like dude what the fuck
2: like,
1: what's the deal? <laughs> and he's like well you know you fucked up blah, blah blah i was like first of all dude you know he gave the, the 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 tired spiel of you fucked up star trek for me and i'm like well so you can't go watch the old ones? Like, yeah, and
0: also, yeah, you, you made Star Trek for a lot of people. I, I think people yeah. don't realize that there's different demographics and people different from them. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, not everything is for you, but, you know, I feel like fandoms are entitled to, or not entitled to, but they have an entitlement that all things are for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, this is not to denigrate the Star Trek fandom. I think this is endemic of all fandom mm-hmm. and, and and how especially they interact with creators online. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I talked with the guy and I was like, listen, this was my first job in the industry, like, or my first like writing job in the industry. And I'm really proud of what I've done. And I'm really proud of what I've accomplished. And I've worked 10 years at poverty wages Mm -hmm. to get here. So when you come in here and you're attacking us, when we are basically fighting for the rights of our you know, like fighting for, for our livelihood, but frankly, like on an existential level, like labor in general, Mm -hmm it's like it's really disheartening and i i don't know what like what it was that triggered it but he told me that he was a, like a broke loser in florida with like that lost his job like i mean that was like a fat broke loser in florida who lost his job in 2019 and like that was how he described himself and i was like so like what the fuck was all this for like and he's like well this is just how i get my jollies i was just get therapy get yeah, therapy like because yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> You know, but it is, I, you know, I think, like, COVID really broke a lot of people's brains in, yeah. in many ways, both, you know, across the entire political spectrum. And I think, like, people latch on to the weirdest things and, and so, like, you know, I tried to be a little, maybe a little more compassionate than that person deserved. Uh, but there were definitely some other ones, like the gay Republicans, who I told them that they'd be buried in the same pit that we were, but they wouldn't have any friends because fuck
2: them.
3: <laughs> Nobody should sleep with gay Republicans <laughs> um, or date them. Yeah, or be friends them. here, 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 here. Yeah, I say also some I mean, of like, like, kind of like the same kind of language, like, like pro-union people also being against, like, when uh, Starbucks, like, baristas were unionizing. Mm. You know, like there is like the 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 de- like people like trying to fight over the definition of labor, and like, so, like, of pro people were against, like, Starbucks unionization. Which is see, insane. Yeah, do you feel like there's any kind of, like, people kind of, like, treat it the same way, like, they do writing?
1: I mean, I feel like there are the people in this this country that are just anti-union because they're contrarian and they don't actually know what unions do or understand mm-hmm. them, um, and, and how they actually protect everybody,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, so, I don't know, um, Sorry, I feel like I lost the thread on that question there. Oh,
3: sorry. i um, was um, oh, just saying, um, like, uh, yeah. like, like, you know, like there is, like, like, um, like blowback, yeah, blowback for unions on terms of just like, uh, I, you know, I, there is, but I really feel like, I mean, I think it's like 71 percent
1: or something was like latest poll in terms of pro-union sentimentality in this country. I mean, Damn. I feel like people have finally woken up to. Uh, uh, Late stage capitalism and
3: how it sucks. Yeah, people are becoming you know, and more I, aware of labor and how we're, yeah, we're all I, we're all on the same boat. The sinking, same sinking boat. Of, yeah, like millennials.
1: Thing. You know, we 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 were all told that it, you know this is ca- capitalism a okay and and mm-hmm. uh, you know all the thing go go to college, take out student loans, and all the you know jobs will be there, and you can just do whatever you want. Have, and and you know all of those things turned out to be lies
2: yeah. mm-hmm. uh,
1: that the boomers sold us. And I think we we had to kind of unlearn a lot of the stuff that we were taught growing up. But I mm-hmm. think what I what I really have loved about seeing Gen Z and, and their sort of response to everything is, they grew up in a system that was unequivocally broken mm-hmm. and, yeah. and they knew it from the start.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so they're ready to burn it all down. And yeah. so like it's like the amount of young people we had out with us too has been amazing to see.
2: That was awesome. Hell yeah. yeah.
0: Alright, so um, if you've ever listened to the show before, you know we love to frame everything in context of Star Trek, because, you know, we love Star Trek so much. So we watched a couple episodes of Star Trek that I feel would be a good frame for talking about unions, uh, and specifically uh, what, you know, the union is pushing back on uh, concerning AI. Um, So, the first episode we watched this week uh, was Bar Association from DS9, uh, Season 4, Episode 16. And, uh, if you're not familiar with the episode, in the episode Rom, uh, Quark's brother, who's working at the bar at the time, Quark's bar, rises up against him and goes on strike along with the Dabo girls. Um, So given that, are there any people you know who have family or friends on the opposite side of the fight? And how are they dealing with it, if so?
1: Um, okay, well, we're we're not on opposite sides of the fight, but mm-hmm. I have a friend, a, a really close friend who I went to, to undergrad with, who, um, he works in New Mexico in production. He mm-hmm. has his own uh, production house, very specialized, the only one in the state that does that kind of work.
2: It's mm-hmm.
1: about four jobs a year, okay. him and his crew, mm-hmm. and that kind of, sus- that sustains them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we... We had a long talk about the effects of the strike on uh crews both in los angeles and uh in you know smaller markets Mm -hmm. and the sort of tone uh that uh people are taking when they shut down a production and and how that can be improved but it was a really hard conversation because there weren't there weren't any really easy answers for anyone i tried to get him and his people the um the most access to resources like the entertainment community Mm -hmm. fund, you know, stuff like that to, to help uh, alleviate some of the the financial costs of this. But, um, you know, I was trying to elucidate to him that, you know, they may be out of work the next six months, but I've been out of work a year, Mm -hmm. you know, on this, I have friends who've been out of work a year and a half. Um, and you know, we all find ways to to survive in those those fallow periods and stuff like that, or, or we don't. Um, But uh, you know, it's this is a this is a fight that's gonna have some really really distressing financial implications for both the writers, the actors, but then all of our crews who
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know they, they they work so fucking hard. They don't get paid nearly enough for their labor uh and i hope i i I truly hope that they know that we see them Mm -hmm. out there with us we see when they don't cross the picket line uh we we see it when they send us water and food on the line and i just i truly i really hope they know that we're going to be right out there with them when
0: their contract is up for negotiation. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Um, so in the episode, Bar Association, uh, Rom rises up, and uh, he's essentially the leader. He's, I, I'd say, the strike captain. Uh, he's kind of in your huh. role. Um, so, what do you find in your role inspires solidarity and union support and getting people out uh, on the picket line the most?
2: Well.
1: You know, so me and um, Matthew Lieberman, who is the morning coordinator, mm-hmm. I think we at Disney have really kind of set a tone, um, and it's been really important for us to sort of maintain this atmosphere there that is very family friendly. Which, despite my foul mouth, I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's it's nice. We see kids there a lot. Um, it's it's very pet friendly, yeah. um, and. Um, you know, it's, it's really accessible for people with mobility issues. Um, and so I like to think that, you know, I, I I will occasionally give the, you know, end of day speech though, as, as the days have gotten hotter, I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody I can't say. <laughs> so I, I, I don't have thoughts in my head. But I think that the, the sort of, you know, the daily gardening that we do to keep uh, the, the lot, uh, uh, running smoothly is is really how we inspire solidarity because solidarity is people showing up on the line with us mm-hmm. and um, you know uh and keeping them coming out especially as it gets hotter is harder and harder and so you know uh we we pride ourselves that we have a lot of regulars and that we we've set a tone that keeps people coming back
0: nice.
1: uh, day after day and week after week
0: nice we love that So, um, in the episode Bar Association, uh, the idea of forming a union, uh, is first brought up to ROM by Miles O'Brien, uh, chief engineer of, um, The Defiant and uh, DS9. Do you have a person in your life who is a Miles O'Brien that really pushed you to think more about labor, to think more about organizing, um, or did it happen kind of more organically on your own?
1: Um, so, when I, um, when i started going to the um, captains meetings
2: mm-hmm.
1: was this guy it's like this crusty old dude
2: mm-hmm. stand
1: up every meeting and fully embodies comment not a question energy you know <laughs> when the mic gets open yeah. and then this motherfucker will give this speech that makes the entire room want to burn the entire city down like <laughs> like it's just like i mean he He's been around the block uh, a bunch. He's been in almost every uh, you know every strike of his lifetime, um, and I didn't it didn't click for me at first. Um, but it's David Weddle, okay. who uh, is a DS9 writer. Oh, okay. Uh, he wrote with one of my very favorite episodes of the the series, just uh, with his writing partner Bradley Thompson, mm-hmm. fellow Disney captain, uh, Treachery, Faith, in the Great River. Okay, which is the the episode where you know Nog has to trade cisco's desk
0: right right okay yeah 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. but
1: like for me like i love the explanation of the sort of ferengi religious philosophy and the moving from uh want to have and Mm -hmm. and back to want to you know have to want and back to have again Mm -hmm. um but uh so like uh, you know i wouldn't say that i had someone like uh, that personally close to me right but um you know i've gotten to meet david since i actually i met him in person for the first time at the star trek day and nice. i got to thank him i got to tell him why i love this episode i got to talk about you know how inspiring he is in all those meetings and mm-hmm. you know a really warm great guy and you know he's also you know he's worked on Battlestar galactica yeah, so, about, mm-hmm. he's the second on um for all mankind
0: oh so he's a ronald like, d Moore man then
1: yeah yeah dude's legit yeah yeah, fair legit. Fair. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, and again, Bradley Thompson is writing partner too, but it was like, I, I think it was just seeing him in those meetings and, and getting up there and being like, oh, it's this guy again. Oh, it's this guy again. <laughs> and, um, he, he's really inspiring. Nice. And it was just cool to find out that he was, you know, also in the, the Star Trek family. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I, I believe I saw a picture of you with, uh, Robert Hewitt Wolf who wrote Bar Association as well. Not
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, I met, uh, I met Robert and, and Ira, uh, oh, nice. on, um, uh, Ira was wearing the greatest shirt that day. Oh,
0: the cocaine yeah. shirt.
1: Yeah, I miss cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> right such a city. good shirt. The entire time I was there, until I was looking at pictures, I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> but yeah, no. I um, I got a um, uh, a picture with the with the two of them, and I was wearing uh, the sort of the shirt the um. His name is escaping me. It's Dwight. Um, oh, Dwight but, Token. Uh, um, yes. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, wearing his shirt out there, um, uh, that got a lot of uh play, but um. But yeah.
0: Nice. We'd love to love to hear it.
1: They were they were very very nice, very kind. I, I actually see Ira. He's a, a regular um, in the morning at Disney. Oh, that's. Awesome. I got out of the car one one day, uh, and he was like right there. And so I walked with him up to the check in, and he's like, "Yeah, I leave when I get about twenty thousand steps." <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's so many.
0: God, it's it's always good to know that like your deeply held heroes have good politics. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that rocks. That that reassures mm-hmm. me. Lets me know I'm watching the correct Star Trek.
1: Yeah, I feel like DS9. Just seeing all the, the people I know from it is probably the most like pro labor Star Trek show of any of them. Hell I mean, I think all of them are generally. But I mean, the people that are like that came from that show are still in the captains program. And stuff mm-hmm. like yeah. that,
0: so that rocks. Awesome. All right, uh, let's move on to our next episode. Author, author. Uh, This is Star Trek Voyager, season seven, episode 20, one of the last episodes of the entire series. Um, And I think this should probably be a pretty obvious episode if you've watched it, uh, that we could draw uh, comparisons to. Um, because it deals in certain ways with intellectual property, AI creation, and even organized labor at the end, which is pretty awesome for Voyager, because, you know, they usually don't go mm. into that territory on Voyager. It's, uh, uh, it's different. So, um, in the episode, they deal with the ethical dilemma of the Doctor gaining what we might consider sentience and writing his own original works, and therein... Uh, His works are stolen, and he tries to basically get his intellectual property back. So, uh, this episode was made far before AI scripts were a reality, um, or AI on computers in general really was a thing. So, let's talk about AI and its place in writing. Uh, Have you personally ever used AI or ChatGPT for any sort of writing?
1: Uh, before I answer that, just one quick question back yeah. about this. Do you think in the time that this was written, this was largely about fan fiction?
0: That's a great question. i That's what
1: I kept thinking when I watched it.
0: That is um, a really good question, because I didn't even consider that before. <laughs> yeah, I, I see it more as a um, kind of a measure of a man, but for the doctor. So I see Yeah, really, oh no, for yeah. sure. That,
1: that's, yeah, I yeah. Think, yeah, like yeah. the whole trial aspect of it. But in terms of the, like, I, like, you know, th- being in the writer's room, the weirdest things will generate an idea. And, you know, yeah. so it's just like, did someone just, like, read some weird, like, you know, Kirk Spock slash fiction or something like that? <laughs> okay, guys, we got to talk about this shit, you know, <laughs> like, the next day in the room. Um, I don't know, you know, like, just, but, uh, but anyways, to to answer your question, have I personally used an AI or Chat GPT? Mm-hmm. I've, like, fucked around with uh, yeah. uh, GPT. Um just to sort of see its capabilities but i haven't um i haven't toyed with it in any sort of serious capacity um i'm not not like a luddite Mm -hmm. or afraid of technology by any stretch but i also feel like this is a thing that i personally don't need to feed right you know like it's gonna be fine without me and it's mm -hmm. gonna it's it's like i said it's shit right now Mm -hmm. it's it's astounding what it can do it's even more predictable what it can't mm-hmm. um and and so i think like you know i will i will continue to sort of flirt at the fringes of it but it's not going to be anything that i you know am using in any meaningful way if at all until it becomes you know more regulated mm-hmm. uh on on a you know actual like governmental level which i hope will happen but you know mm-hmm. who knows um and uh, or at least you know if they uh, lose some court cases, but again, who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, you know, I know it's there, but it's not. There's not a lot of direct appeal for me mm-hmm. to uh, engage with it right
0: now. Fair, and I've I've talked to quite a few writers, and that seems to be the common response. Uh, also, um, most everybody I've talked to believes that chat, uh, chat GPT and AI in general just cannot take the place of writers, because. Of how writing actually works, how writing works on sets, especially in mm-hmm. uh, rewrites and things like that. Punch ups. Doesn't have
1: whatever. parents who failed them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so um, a lot of people don't really know exactly how. Uh, My parents are
1: great, by the uh, way. Uh, <laughs> me. Yeah. Fair, fair <laughs> failed, failed me in many ways, but they're great. I love. Yeah.
0: Them. Yes. In case they listen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, So, ChatGPT, the way it works is it aggregates written works made on the internet specifically between 2016 and 2021. And so, if you ever wrote anything on the internet in that time, there's a pretty good chance it was scraped and they're using your intellectual property in some way. Um, so, do you think that AI has the potential to be a helpful tool to writers, or will it always be a burden as long as it steals and aggregates from original works?
1: Yes. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, I think it, it's, it's inevitable. Like I get, like I said earlier, like, you don't, you don't put a cap on technology. Like, you don't, you can't put, you can't put the cap back in the back in the bag. Like, once it's out. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's out. So it is going to be a process of us learning how to embrace and incorporate it and find ways to, um, make it work for us as opposed to against us, Mm -hmm. um, or working for us as opposed to replacing us. Um, so I, I can't really meaningfully answer how that's going to shake out Mm -hmm. because I don't know how it's going to evolve. Um, but you know, I think like, as far as the union's concerned, uh, an AI is not a person, mm-hmm. and you have to be a person to be a WGA writer. Um, now, who knows? That may mean a corporation could be a WGA writer because we all know corporations are people in this country. Mm-hmm. But uh, so they could incorporate an AI, and who knows? Uh, but you know, I, I think like that's the 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 general bent that we're taking is that you can't you can't replace a human worker. We we have no interest in in taking uh, uh you know producer prompted scripts and doing the arduous task of rewriting them to make sense mm-hmm. and to be to sound like human dialogue. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah I've actually tried to use like chat for like mm-hmm. structuring and writing and uh, it's a it's a real fucking nightmare mm-hmm. uh, like the only thing I found it really useful for up to this point is it's very good at formatting things. I hate yeah. I hate formatting uh, personally. So like, just running it through there, like just drop something in there and be like, format it in this style. And you know, it's it's pretty great at like picking up on you know Chicago style or
3: mm-hmm. whatever.
0: Yeah, um, yeah but uh, but it
3: can't produce anything that's actually meaningfully human. No, well, and, like that that pre- po- uh, appeals to human emotion and in a way that's like any, and in any way relatable. I think.
0: I think uh, one of the most Interesting points I heard on this was from uh, Terry Metalis, uh, who said that Chat GPT has never made a good point, which I think is <laughs> a good point. You know, yeah, it's it's impossible for it to like actually rationalize something and think deeply about it mm-hmm. because it's just aggregating everybody else's writings and thoughts. Yeah. Um, and I I think that's important for writers because writers you know uh they do write for a living but really what they're doing for a living is thinking and thinking about process steps like how a story works uh if then what you know Mm -hmm. that kind of thing um the
3: understanding of of why people do things Oh, yeah, and the consequences of why people do those things and just like just the human condition and, and that's <laughs>
0: another thing too is ai does not understand consequences and uh there there's several good <laughs> amazing quotes about ds9 uh, including from michael Piller and uh ira stephen bear where they state that what sets ds9 apart from all other trek is it's the only trek with consequences because you can't travel away Yes. And if you're, yeah, and if you're in one. Yeah, that's,
1: uh, that was uh, I was telling, actually talking with Bradley about that when I first met him. I was like, the reason it's my favorite is because every other trek, you know, sure there are consequences. You know, we've now sort of explored that through Lower Decks, mm-hmm. um, but like we understand that there are. But it is just like we go to a place, we uh, we impart our views. They take it or they don't, and then we leave. Mm-hmm. And we never really we really ever come back to that. But DS Nine cisco cannot escape from the rest of the galaxy Mm -hmm. you know you you are stuck there in a place where um, you have you have to uphold the federation ideals when there are a myriad of cultures that you're coming into contact that do not ascribe to those Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. what better way to put those utopian utopian ideals to a test in a place that is tainted by fascism and capitalism Mm
0: -hmm. absolutely yeah, very, very eloquently put. Um, so, ideally, uh, if an AI script were to be produced, uh, how would the original authors of the aggregate works theoretically get paid, in your opinion? And does the union have a stance on this yet, or is it just? I,
1: I don't know. I think that that's like again, because like this is this is going to require national legislation. Yes, um, absolutely. Because this is uh, this is this will have. Uh, far-reaching implications beyond the film and television industry. This mm-hmm. this goes down to, you know, artists yeah. who are putting their work online and having it scraped. Uh, journalists, uh, mm-hmm. lawyers, mm-hmm. Uh, the creative executives at the studios we're picketing in front of. Uh, uh, you know, there's so many industries that are, are going to be consumed. And we are very fortunate that we have a union that is going to sit here not sit here, but is going to mm-hmm. actively fight back against mm-hmm. those things and try to win some protections that hopefully will reverberate far beyond us.
0: Mm-hmm. Lovely. Um, so uh, this might be a hard question. You can you can pass on this if you want. Uh, what missteps do you see the union taking at the present moment, if any?
1: Oh, we should ask for more.
0: Ask for mm-hmm. more? Fair. Yeah.
1: I mean, honestly, like the way... like we blew through uh the entire ask for our three-year contract mm-hmm. you know two percent of the profits not the net like the profits that they make Holy moly. Uh, uh, uh in week three i believe was the the sort of rough calculation in terms of how much money we were costing them so as far as i'm concerned they're still keeping the lights on so they should be able to afford to pay us a lot more because
2: mm-hmm. well
1: they're not dead yet yeah, so yeah. like <laughs> you know i I feel like every day that this stretches on our union needs to be kind of like well we're gonna ask for more Mm -hmm. i know that that's not how it works uh so i don't actually think that they're making a misstep by not i think our our asks are uh despite uh what uh, bob has said uh uh, perfectly reasonable Mm -hmm. and uh in line with um you know us trying to keep the future of this industry alive um but you know i think like the the whole process of the strike and this isn't anything directly with the union it was all learning process for all of us like i made mistakes early on you know everyone made mistakes okay. uh and so i think like it's not it's not uh, uh i don't i don't necessarily have any any thoughts in terms of like missteps that my union has made uh, yeah. other than like we're all learning how to do this all over again um this is a, a, a modern landscape uh uh you know many of which have, have never had to deal with this sort of thing um but you know they i i take great pride in the fact that they've been 100 percent transparent with us mm-hmm. um you can reach out to a wj board member or a negotiating committee member at any time and they will get back to you nice. um and and so you know i, I I'm just I'm I'm so fucking proud to be in this union. This is uh, the best place on Earth to be
0: tell you we uh, we're we're proud of you as a podcast. (laughs) Um, So uh, do you see an end goal in sight, especially with um, the Screen Actors Guild joining you? And um, if so, do you think it will be ideal or do you think it will, you know, beg for more?
1: I think it's going to be a long, hot summer, mm-hmm. um, but again, this is on the studios, not um, because of anything uh, unreasonable that we're asking for. Um, they're they're mad at SAG and they're mad at us for having the audacity for um, trying to get our due,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and so I think that they're going to uh, sit tight for a while, um, and which is really unfortunate because it's going to uh, really hit LA's economy. Um, I hope all those uh, restaurants and bars and stuff that are supporting us, uh, you know, continue to do so, but also understand that uh, all of this is rooted back to the AMPTP and Mm -hmm. their intransience and their uh, uh, unwillingness to negotiate in fair, uh, you know, in uh, good faith. Mm
0: -hmm. Fair, fair. Well, um, I guess that about wraps it up for the questions I have. Did you have anything else
3: to ask? Um, how can we like support you like materially? Like, that was actually anything? my last question. Oh, sorry. So. <laughs> sorry. But, uh, well, good sorry. question. Um, so
1: I think um, you know, to the conversation I had with my friend in IOTZ earlier, the thing that I try to promote to everybody is the Entertainment Community Fund, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe mm-hmm. that's EntertainmentCommunity dot uh, dot org. Um, yeah.
0: Put that in the description. But, uh,
1: Uh, that's a a fund that goes uh, well beyond the writers. It's for everybody who works in the entertainment industry uh, that is affected by work stoppages. Um, You know, they'll help you pay for insurance and things like that. Um, You know, if you uh, feel comfortable, uh, I have my Venmo posted on um, uh, the top of my Twitter page right now and I've started using that just because it's, it's, it's been sort of like, uh, it's a lot easier to just do that and be like, oh, I have this much money to buy water instead of being like, hey, we're out of water at Disney. Can someone on the internet send us some? <laughs> yeah. you know, and then who knows if it'll get there or not. Mm-hmm. So now like people have been very generous. Um, and so we're gonna get some, you know, essential uh, heat supplies that we've mm. needed. We're gonna upgrade our first aid kits um because we have a lot more people out with us now a lot more people are going to have blisters because they're not Mm -hmm. wearing good shoes Um, and uh, you know and uh, and then it just means more water and gatorade and ice every day Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's those would be the 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 two best ways um there's also the wga strike fund Mm -hmm. uh which goes directly towards helping uh wga writers uh who haven't been working uh I will be applying soon myself because uh, it's kind of hard to get part-time work when you're doing labor organizing mm-hmm, yep. so uh, uh and i don't know how good it's going to look on a resume if, uh, if i have to get part time jobs <laughs> They're like oh this uh this upstart asshole, probably not going to hire him with yeah.
3: ups <laughs> um, yeah exactly
1: <laughs> um but yeah, those, I think that, that would be the, the, the most direct ways that you can help. Um, but really, I, I, I think the Entertainment Community Fund, because we really got to make sure that our support staff,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, everybody who works in production, all of those people are taken care of because they're getting hit just as hard, if not harder than us.
0: Fair. Fair enough. Well, thanks so much for coming on today. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you have anything else to plug or shout out? Mm-hmm.
1: Nope, because I am on strike. <laughs> Love to hear. It. Uh, no, that, okay, that's not true. Um, I um, uh, I so because I like I said I, I do uh, tabletop writing. Um, mm-hmm. I um, I have some stuff coming up in MCDM's Flea Mortals, which is a giant like five e monster book. So mm-hmm. if you're still playing five e Dungeons and Dragons, despite any of the you know that might have happened at the beginning of the year,
2: yeah. uh, <laughs> it's a fucking
1: awesome book. Um, with some of the most killer art I've ever seen in yeah. the tabletop space. Um, awesome. So that's that's a, that'll be a fun thing to, to look out for. It uh, should be uh, I mean it was kickstarted last year but it should be I think dropping in August. Awesome. Oh, awesome. Well, Congrats.
0: Well uh, I think that's just about all we have. Thanks for joining us so much uh, Captain Cisco. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's it. You have a great evening. Yeah. yeah Thank you so much. You, uh,
1: You too.
2: Solidarity forever. Absolutely. Have a good night. You too. too. Bye-bye.